Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. Ah, so good. So good. Normally during this portion of service, we... We receive our tithe and our offering, but we're going to move that to the end of our service today because today is 320 Sunday, and it's one of our favorite Sundays of the year. So many different things to celebrate, so many different ways to be involved and be connected. We've been in a series called City on a Hill, and we're going to wrap it up today. And I love how the the series has given us an opportunity to address some of the distinctives that God has given us as the body of Christ. How many of you know you're different? Turn your neighbor and say, you're different. Now, there's a reason why God made you different. He made you different in order to make a difference. Can I have a good amen? How many of you know that if we look like everybody else, walk like everybody else, talk like everybody else, do like everybody else, that the same thing doesn't bring change? But God has set us apart and he's made us different in order to make a difference. And we've been looking at that over the last several weeks. We talked about um, uh, being thankful. We talked about serving. Uh, We talked about holiness. If you were here last week, uh, we talked about being in the image of God and what light means and it means to be made in his image. Today, I want to talk to you about sacrifice. I want you to write that down somewhere. Sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. Sacrifice is the willingness to give of yourself in order to bless someone else. Can I say that again? Sacrifice is the willingness to give of yourself in order to bless somebody else. Now, let me give you quick observations of sacrifice before we jump into the scriptures. Just a couple quick things to remember, and then we're going to unpack this idea. We're going to look at the Old Testament sacrificial system. We're going to look at how that translates into today and what it is that God expects of us. So if you're taking notes, jot down a few thoughts. Here's some quick observations. First of all is this, you can't have anything great apart from sacrifice. Can I have a better amen? What is it in your life that you want to be not just ordinary, but extraordinary? If you're going to be great in anything, it will require the ingredient of sacrifice. It's the necessary ingredient and there is no substitute. Are you with me? How many of you married are in here today? Married folk do we have? How many of you want a great marriage? Have you discovered that you can't have greatness in your marriage unless there's an element of sacrifice? You know, when I look at my wife and I look at me, (laughs) that girl's pretty. (laughs) She's the one that sacrificed. Come on, somebody. I'm just teasing. She got pretty good, too. How many thinks Rachel married well? Come on. Sup, your man right here. Hunk of hunk of burning love. But in a marriage, it takes mutual sacrifice. You know, sometimes things don't always work out like we want them to or expect them to. I don't know if this is new information to you, but even Rachel and I, sometimes we struggle through conflict. Does anybody have conflict in their marriage? Okay, only three people are being honest today. (laughs) When Rachel and I have conflict, we both know what the issue is. It's me. (laughs) But when you have trouble in your marriage, unless there's an element of sacrifice, there's always going to be an issue. Sometimes it's a sacrifice to say, I'm sorry. Rachel and I had a little intense fellowship the other day. 
And uh, yeah, notice I didn't say argument because we don't argue. Um, we had intense fellowship. And as I left for work, and man, I'm going to work, and I'm just rehashing the conversation. I know none of you have ever done this before. But I'm just peeling it back, and I'm thinking it through. And then I get a text from Rachel, and she said, baby, I'm sorry. <sighs> How many of you know I wanted to turn the car around right there? And let's just go affirm her apology. Sometimes you, yeah, sometimes you got to make out. I mean, make up. <laughs> the next day, as it would have, I mean, consider the very next day, I don't even know what the issues are. How many know sometimes you get into a fight, get into an argument, and you're into it, and you don't even remember how it got started? You don't even remember what you're arguing about, but you just know you don't like each other, and that you're right and they're wrong. It takes sacrifice in order to make a marriage great. How many of you have children? If you want greatness in your kids, it will require sacrifice from you. You know, and, some, and as parents, we recognize this. I mean, we feel like I didn't learn about sacrifice truly until we started having children. And I realized, Lord, it takes a lot of energy. Come on, somebody. It takes a lot of money. Come on, holla, holla. I mean, goodness gracious. I know why God gives you kids when you're young. Because when you're old, you're just too tired to chase them all around. You know, you're taxing them here and there. And, you know, Rachel and I were talking the other day. She said, babe, I have finally discovered my inner superhero. I'm like, well, well, who are you? She says, I'm Wonder Woman. I said, oh, really? She said, yeah. I wonder where my keys are. I wonder where my purse is. I wonder where all my money went. If you want to have great kids, it will require sacrifice. If you want to have great friendships, okay, if you want to have great relationships, it will require an element of sacrifice. How many of you, you want friends in your life who want more for you than what they want from you? You want people who are here to add value and contribute. It takes sacrifice. One of the things I love about our country, and this is not a perfect country, but I believe it's one of the greatest nations on the face of the earth, and it's because men and women have paid the price and they've sacrificed. If we want a great church, how many of you, you, you want greatness for this house? Man, you, you, you want the, the, the greatness of God to be expressed through Healing Place. I'm going to tell you this. It requires sacrifice. And Healing Place Church is great. Let me tell you this. Here's why. Not because it's built on the talents of a few, but it's been built on the sacrifices of many. I'm telling you, you can't have anything great apart from sacrifice. The second observation, very quickly, we never graduate from sacrifice. You'll never get past the element of sacrifice. Well, I paid my dues way back then. Now I'm just going to chill and I'm going to let others do it for me. How many of you know if that's your attitude, you'll begin to decline? But the greatest picture of sacrifice is Jesus. I mean, think about it. Sacrifice marked his journey from beginning to end. Consider what Jesus left. How many of you know it was a sacrifice for him to leave heaven and come to the brokenness of our world? Look at how he lived his life and what he endured. That was sacrifice. Look at how Jesus died. Everything from beginning to end was marked with sacrifice. And if we're followers of Christ, then sacrifice will be a part of our journey every step of the way. So you never graduate from sacrifice. The third observation very quickly is this. God is always attracted to sacrifice. I'm telling you, there's not a single sacrifice that you make for the kingdom that heaven doesn't take note of. 
In fact, I, I love this, this passage in Exodus chapter 10. Turn there very quickly. Exodus chapter 10, we see this dialogue between Moses and Pharaoh. And many of you know that the Egyptians had enslaved the people of God for over 400 years until God spoke to Moses and Moses confronted Pharaoh and said, Pharaoh, let God's people go. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and you know that exchange and all the supernatural things that God did through Moses and the miracles and you know the, 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 that, that experience of, of leading them out of Egypt. In fact, in this particular conversation, Pharaoh says, you know what, Moses? Oh, okay, I'm going to let you all go. I'm in a good mood. I mean, you guys have been slaves for us for, for centuries. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you go, but all of your cattle and all of your livestock, they've got to stay right here. Here's what Moses said in Exodus 10, verse 25. Moses said, no. Come on, somebody say no. Mm, say it with a little conviction. No, it's not going to happen. Moses said, nope. You must provide us with animals for what? Sacrifices. Sacrifices and burnt offerings to the Lord our God. All of our livestock, if we're going, if our wives are going, if our kids are going, we're bringing our livestock to not a hoof can be left behind. Not a single hoof. Because we must choose our sacrifices for the Lord our God from among these animals. We won't know how we're to worship the Lord until we get there. You see, Moses knew that without sacrifice, they couldn't attract the presence of the Lord. And if they were to leave Egypt and be in the wilderness without the presence of God, they could run the risk of being recaptured and brought back into slavery. I want to tell you this. When you no longer sacrifice, you run the risk of being drawn back to your past. Come on now. When you choose to no longer sacrifice, then there's a danger of being brought back to the bondage of your yesterday. You see, the pathway for freedom was the sacrificial movement of God's people. And he began to walk with them and bring them to a place of freedom. Some of you are like, well, pastor, I've been sacrificing for a long time and I haven't seen any results. Maybe some of you are praying for something specific in your life in a relationship, over your finances, maybe over one of your children. Maybe there's something about your future. God's given you a promise, and you're like, Mike, I have prayed. I have fasted. Maybe some of you have given. You've invested of your time, your talent, your treasure. Maybe some of you, you've served the house of God. You've prepared meals for the sick. You've helped a neighbor through flood damage. You bought lunch anonymously for someone. Maybe you, you, you wake up early, and you go to early morning prayer. You've been memorizing scripture. You're saying, Mike, I've done all these things. I've made sacrifices. I haven't seen any results. Can I tell you this? Don't give up. God sees your sacrifice. And in his time, every sacrifice will be rewarded. Can I have a good amen? Now, I want to take the remainder of this message and walk through several Old Testament sacrifices. You, you say, Mike, what does that mean, sacrifice? Where did that idea come from? I want to tell you this. Sacrifice was God's idea. And he required it from his people from the very beginning. And we see in the Old Testament the sacrificial system. And I don't have time to unpack all the details of what that was. There are a lot of details and nuances and different prescriptions, requirements that God gave the children of Israel in the Old Testament. In fact, if you read the book of Leviticus, did y'all know Leviticus is in the Bible? I know that's not like nighttime devotional reading. 
You know, I know you don't like to make a cup of coffee and curl up with the book of Leviticus. <laughs> so I'm not going to read the first 10 chapters of Leviticus. I'm going to let you do that on your own time. But we find the sacrificial system was instituted in the first portion of Leviticus. And I want to hit some of the highlights of that. In fact, Hebrews is the New Testament picture. Sometimes Leviticus can be difficult to understand and even explain. But if you read it in light of Hebrews, and you look at Hebrews as the New Testament interpretation, it makes the Old Testament picture a whole lot clearer. God required certain sacrifices of his people. Now, there were different sacrifices that people brought. Here's what I love about God, that God doesn't require the same sacrifice of each person, but he does require something of everyone. And everybody can participate. Whether you were wealthy, in fact, in the Old Testament, if you had a lot of wealth, if you had high capacity, you would bring an ox or you would bring a bull or you would bring some fine flour and that was your sacrificial gift. If you were middle class, you brought sheep or you brought some goats or you brought some small unleavened cakes that had been prepared. That was the middle class sacrifice. But even the poor could participate. They would bring small birds and, and bring those to the, uh, to the priest, and the priest would offer up those birds. So the beautiful thing is, regardless of your giving capacity or potential, everybody could participate, and all sacrifices were acceptable by God based on their response to obedience. Here's what I love. If you're taking notes, I want to I draw your attention to three, maybe four sacrifices and talk about that as it relates to our lives today. So if you're writing notes, take this down. Number one, the burnt offering. The burnt offering. This is found in Leviticus chapter one. This burnt offering was a bull, a ram, a goat. It could be a dove or a pigeon. But the purpose of the burnt offering was to worship the Lord. It was symbolic of worship. Now today, I'm so thankful that you don't bring a goat to church. <laughs> Nothing wrong. If you're a goat farmer, God bless you. We're thankful. But I'm glad you didn't have to load up the goat to come to HPC today. Some of you may feel like a goat. Come on, somebody. I'm so glad you didn't have to bring a, a ram or a bull. But you know what you came, well, you know what you brought in when you came to the house of God today? You brought your worship. And that's what a burnt offering was symbolic of. It was symbolic of worship. We're sacrificing for the glory of God. Sometimes worship demands a sacrifice. Can I have a better amen? In fact, Hebrews says it this way. In Hebrews 13, verse 15, some people believe the writer of Hebrews to be Paul. But the scripture says this, Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual what? sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. How many of you know sometimes you'll come to church and you just don't feel like praising the Lord? Oh, it's getting quiet in here. Now, it's easy to praise God when, when your body's healthy, when you got plenty of money in the checkbook, when all of the bills are paid, when your kids are acting right. Come on, somebody. When your spouse is treating you as they should. Oh, it's easy to give God praise. But let me tell you when praise becomes a sacrifice. When the kids ain't acting right. When you run out of money before you run out of month. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you got sickness and pain in your body. When your spouse doesn't treat you as you feel like they should. Sometimes when your circumstances are against you. That's when praise 
demands a sacrifice. But how many of you know that our praise and worship is not based on how we feel, but it's based on who he is? So we come in here today and our sacrifice of praise is saying, okay, feelings, emotions, circumstances, I see what you're saying, but Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I'm not going to bow to my feelings. I'm not going to bow to my emotions or circumstances. I'm going to bow to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he is worthy of all my praise. Come on, are you with me? And, and sometimes that takes a sacrifice. I'm not saying you got to, you know, with some happy, clappy, sing-song, sappy. Oh, it is great. Listen, sometimes it is painful. And when you go through dark, difficult days, to be able to, from that place, say, God, I don't understand everything, but I trust you. And I know that you are good. And I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God, I give you Praise. Come on, somebody. That's called a sacrifice of praise. It's not a goat. It's not a bull. But it is our sacrificial praise to God. That's the burnt offering. Now, the second offering, number two, there's what's called the peace offering. Somebody say peace. The peace offering. This is found in Leviticus chapter 3. This was cattle. It could be sheep. Um, The purpose was to thank God and to make a vow. Notice what it says in Leviticus 7. I'm going to rush through this as quickly as I can. Hang with me. I'm going somewhere. Leviticus 7.15, the scripture says this, the meat of the peace offering of thanksgiving must be eaten on the same day. It's got to be eaten on the same day it's offered. None of it may be saved for the next morning. If you bring an offering to fulfill a vow or as a voluntary offering, the meat must be eaten on the same day the sacrifice is offered, but whatever's left over may be eaten on the second day. Now, what is he saying here? Notice how the peace offering is time specific. You offer it that day and you've got to eat the meat of it either the same day or the following day. So the peace offering here, I want you to notice this. The peace offering is all about time. If the burnt offering is about our sacrifice of worship, then the peace offering has to do with our investment of time. Now, what's interesting is if you study this in further detail, the peace offering was really the precursor to the Lord's table, our communion. This is where we get our first picture of sharing a meal. There was something to be consumed. In the New Testament, Jesus broke bread with his disciples and he gave us a picture of what fellowship, of what relationship is. Here's why time is important because time is the currency of relationships. How many of you know you can't have depth in a relationship without an investment in time? Some people say, you know what? I want to know God better. Well, guess what? It will require a sacrifice of some of your time. It requires time in the scriptures, time in worship, time in prayer, spending time acknowledging the presence of God. Now, let me just tell you this. And here's what I've learned from my experience. The time that I've invested in God, Though it may have been a sacrifice, it's never been a waste. I have never once regretted any time that I've spent serving the house of God. Do you know this weekend, and I love this about Christmas. I love this about the Christmas holidays. I love all the parties. I love all the gatherings. In fact, we were here Friday night right here in this arena, and we hosted a party for single moms. And it was epic. It was so much fun. We had prepared for 300 single moms, and 350 ladies showed up. 
And uh, yeah, we were scrambling for food. I mean, we had a first class meal. Rachel told me, baby, they've run out of food. I'm like, how many ladies haven't eaten? She said 50. I'm like, oh, Lord. How many know you're praying for the miracle of the loaves and the fish right about then? <laughs> oh, Lord, you took two fish and, and, and five loaves. and God, you multiply that. What do we want to do? Well, so we prayed and the Lord led us to Cain's. Come on, somebody. We rolled down to Cane's, did a little picked up a tailgate party package. Hey, we're not going to let any single mom leave without having, she's either going to have some nice turkey and dressing or she's going to have some chicken fingers up in that belly. And, and so every lady was just so valued. And, and we set up tables and chairs up in here at a beautiful banquet. At every table, there were giveaways, baskets and prizes. And I'm so thankful for Jennifer Maggio and the life of a single mom and the ministry team. But did you know, yeah, I think we ought to put our hands together. Did you know that through giveaways alone, over $70,000 worth of gifts were given to these precious ladies? Hey, and that doesn't, even, that doesn't even count the concourse. This concourse was lined with presents for their children. And after that meal, and after they had played games and had fun, worshiped together, Jennifer challenged them with an amazing word. They were able to walk through your church, through this concourse, and pick up toys for their children. They went shopping for their kids, and guess what? It didn't cost them a penny. Isn't that amazing? All because somebody invested some time, said, you know what, I'll serve on a Friday night. I'll take several hours. I'll make an investment. I love that. I love that about your willingness to honor God, not just in your worship, but in how you spend your time. You know, we left that party Friday night and went over to a married couple's Christmas party. I'll tell you what, I I love parties because if you invite me to your party, I'm going to eat your food. I'm like a stray dog. You feed me one time, you won't get rid of me, man. I'm just going to drive up and down your street, just kind of, hey. So we, we went to this married couple's party, and just, man, we ate, we laughed, we hung out. We had such a great time. We heard stories of lives that have been changed. I came to HPC five years ago, two years ago, out of a broken relationship. Man, I had been hurt by church and needed a place of healing and saw that that was healing place. I thought, maybe that's a place for me. You know, I heard one story of a lady said, you know, she, at work, she worked, the, the boss that she worked for was talking to her, and uh, she said, you know, I've always wanted to visit that. That church, that big old church up there on the hill. I drive down Highland Road and think, what's going on up in that building? I wanted to go, but I just never could bring myself to go because I'm Catholic. And I just, you know, I, I couldn't do it. I was curious, but, you know, I can't go to that big old church. It's not, I'm not, I'm Catholic. That's not a Catholic church. She said her daughter came in the house one day and said, Mama, we're going to church. Speaking of her boyfriend, we're, we're going to church. Won't you come with us? She said, well, where are you going? Well, we're going to Healing Place. She said, well, I can't go there. Well, Mama, why can't you go? She said, I'm Catholic. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's amazing to me. How many of you know God doesn't care about labels? You know, here's what you, you, you may, I know us, sometimes we get hung up on labels, but man, there is no label in heaven. I just believe heaven is a gumbo. Come on, somebody. It's going to be a combination of a lot of different backgrounds. I, I think that if you were probably to talk to some of the people you're sitting next to, you may find that there are Baptists here. You may find that there are some Methodists here. We probably have some Lutherans among us. Oh, yeah, there's probably some good Catholics. You're probably sitting next to a good Catholic or two. There may be a Pentecostal up in the house. You may have some charismaniacs around. (laughs) 
I love it. You know what? God doesn't care what the label is on the outside. He's concerned with what's happening on the inside. She said, I can't go to that church. I'm Catholic. She said, Mama, come with us. She said, you know what? This is a good excuse as any. I'm, I'm just, I'll just tell people I went to HPC with my kids. I'm just going to go one time with my kids to check it out. Guess what? She came one time. She hadn't left. Something's sticky about this place. It just sticks to you. It gets on you, man. She just, she, and here's what she said. She said, when I pulled up and walked in the door, I was greeted with smiling faces, and I felt something I had never felt before. Do you know what? That has nothing to do with our, our music. It has nothing to do with the preaching. It has everything to do with the spirit that's in this house and what people bring with them when they come. Somebody had to greet at a door and say, I'm going to give my time to make somebody else feel welcome. And that's why you can walk into a big old place like this, and you just have a sense of family even if you don't know the names of the people around you. There's just something about this place. When you invest your time, there's something about relationship quality that grows. Can I have a good amen? amen. You see, whatever it costs me to be with God is nothing compared to what it cost him to be with me. The peace offering is all about time. The third one I want you to write down, look at this, the grain offering, grain this is found in Leviticus chapter 2. People would bring grain. They would bring flour. They would bring bread. And the purpose was to honor God with their first fruits. The grain offering was all about resources. Somebody say resources. Now, when I say that, I'm talking about money. And here's what I love about you. And I want you to know, as your pastor, I am so comfortable talking about money. I know sometimes that's kind of taboo. Oh, we don't do that. You know, sometimes people get funny when you talk about money. Oh, that preacher, man, he's just trying to get his hands in my wallet. How many know God doesn't need your money? Amen. Let me ask you this. Does God really need anything? Is there anything incomplete or lacking on who God is that he just needs us to give to him? I just believe this. If God has your heart, then your money's not even an issue. Because Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also, you see, the grain offering in the Old Testament was an opportunity for the people of God to say, Lord, you have provided for me. And because out of this provision, I'm returning a portion of it back to you. Here's what I love about your spirit. Healing Place has always been a generous church. I don't feel like I have to manipulate or do some high pressured salesman tactic to get you to give. I just believe you give generously because you know who your source is. And when you know who your source is, then you can trust your resource to him. I mean, you truly can't. I mean, think about it. Generosity comes easy. Now watch this. Generosity comes easy when you know that you were made by God, for God, and everything you have belongs to God. Did you hear what I said? Don't miss that. I want you to know it, not just here, but know it in your spirit. We were made by God for God, and whatever is within our stewardship, that came from God. It's amazing how generous you can be when you know that your stuff is not your stuff. But how many of you know we're not owners, we're stewards? Uh, and, and if I feel like it came from me, if I feel like it belongs to me, then it's hard for me to release what's in my hand. 
But when I know that God has released what's in his hands, to even put it within my hands, it's easy for me to surrender it back to him. You know, this morning we were talking to Trevor about 320. Because your kids are participating in this too. This is what I love about our kids' district. I love this about our children's ministry. Our children will learn generosity by our example. Can I have a better amen? And so they got these little cups, and man, they're filling up these cups, and kids are, are participating. They're giving in their offerings. So we asked Trevor this morning, said, Trevor, what, what are you going to give in the 320 offering? And I could tell he just got real, wait a second, what do you mean? I, I gave in 320 last year. That's what he said. I already gave in 320. I'm like, really? You did? Yeah, Daddy, last year. I'm like, oh, wow, last year. Now, now to his credit, he gave $100, which I was like, whoa, that's big. Until I learned that that $100 came from his papa. <laughs> How many know that wasn't his money in the first place? It had come to him from somewhere else. Somebody had generosity and expressed it toward him. It's funny because I talked to a parent this morning checking their kids in and they said, you know what? We talked to our children about giving in 320 and so we thought it'd be a good idea to do a little matching fund. I told my kids, whatever you give in 320, your dad and I will match it. How many thinks that's a pretty cool idea? I was like, wow, that's brilliant. I wish I would have had that idea this morning talking to my son. But sometimes when we think it's ours, We want to hold on to it, but we don't even realize, wait a second, I was created by God, for God, and whatever is in my stewardship, it belongs to him. So with joy, I'm able to give back. That's what you do so well. You leverage your worship, you leverage your time, and you leverage your treasure to build the house of God. Now, let me, let me read this, this final scripture to you, and then we're going to wrap this up. I, what, what David said in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. In fact, the, the, the story of this is, is pretty interesting because David, the king of Israel, goes to a man named Arana, and Arana was the Jebusite, and he wanted to purchase the threshing floor of Arana. And when the Jebusite saw King David coming, and realized he wanted his possession, this this threshing floor, he immediately bowed and said, my Lord, take it, it's yours. Let me just give it to you. And notice what David says in 2 Samuel 24, verse 24. But the king replied to Arana, no, I insist on buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. You know what David was saying? David was saying this. It can't be an offering to God if it's not first a sacrifice to me. He's saying, I don't want to give something to the Lord that costs me nothing. And when you give sacrificially, here's what I've learned about the Lord. You can never outgive God. Now watch this. The burnt offering is our worship. The peace offering is our time. The grain offering is is our resource. But watch this. Here's the last offering. I want to ask the band to come up. The fourth offering that I want to talk to you about today, and here's how we're going to close, is the guilt offering. Or it's the the sin offering. Now notice this. In the Old Testament, they would bring animals and offer that as a sacrifice for their sin. But in the New Testament, God said, enough. You can't sacrifice enough goats, bulls, Sheep, cattle, all of your livestock, it's not enough to cover your sin. 
I'm going to send the ultimate sacrifice. And how many of you know his name is Jesus Christ? The Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You see, Jesus did for us what we could never do. You know the reason why we can, we can sacrifice our, our worship, our, our time, and our money? is because Jesus already sacrificed himself. Tell you what, you wanna know what's important to a man? Watch what he sacrifices in order to gain. Do you wanna know your value to God? Look at what he sacrificed in order to gain your heart and soul. This is beautiful. I'm telling you what, this is the gospel. Sacrifice is a way of life for us because we see what Jesus did for us on the cross. And as we prepare to give, and and again, this whole message, it's about so much more than just money. I don't want you to get hung up on that at all. God will use whatever from whomever to build his kingdom. He really will. But as we prepare to to worship God in in this 320 moment, I'm reminded of a story that I heard several years ago about two men. They were on a commuter train in Europe. In fact, they were leaving Grand Victoria Station in England. And as that train began to pull out, these two men were seated next to each other. One of them fell into an epileptic seizure. I mean, his body grew stiff and he fell out onto the floor and, and his eyes were rolling in the back of his head and there was just chaos, pandemonium in that, in that train car. And his friend immediately took off his jacket and he got down on one knee and he made a pillow out of that jacket and put it up under his friend's head. And everybody, I mean, they didn't know if the guy was dying. They didn't know what had happened. I mean, it, it was kind of an awkward, embarrassing moment. You know, but the friend just diligently cared for, for his brother. Finally, when that episode was over with, put him back in the seat and you know things begin to settle down and and the guy just began to apologize he said look I'm, I'm so sorry and I apologize we, we didn't intend on this to happen uh, unfortunately it, it happens two or three times a day he said you see years ago both of us served in war together we fought in Vietnam and that we were comrades, we were brothers in the same platoon. And on one night, we had gotten in, a, in, a, in a, a fire exchange between the Viet Cong and our platoon got divided and we were cut off from all of our resource, all of our supplies. We were there in this jungle surrounded by the enemy. Both of us were injured. I was injured in my, sh- in, in, uh, in my legs. He was injured in his shoulders. And so we, we waited and waited and waited for that helicopter to come get us, but it never came. He said, I'm I'm just so sorry for for this, but I want you to know that that night, I don't know how he did it, but my friend picked me up. He put me across his shoulders and carried me through that jungle for three and a half days. He brought me to a place of safety. I couldn't have done it on my own without him. He said, four years ago, while I was in New York, I learned of his health condition and I sold my house and everything I had to move here to care for him. And this is what he said. After what he did for me, there isn't anything I wouldn't do for him. And I thought about it. I said, wow, Lord, after what you did for Mike Haman, when you sent Jesus to die on that cross, after that sacrifice of what you did for me, Lord, there isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. God, what is it that you want from me? You want my worship? You got it. 
God, you want my time? It's yours. Lord, whatever resource I have, God, I offer it to you because after what you did for me, there's not a thing I wouldn't do for you. You think about sacrifice. I wonder if you get back more than you give up, is it even a sacrifice? I wonder if Mike Heyman's ever sacrificed anything because what I've given to the Lord has been multiplied to me again and again. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Listen, it is an honor to be able to worship God, the sacrifice of praise, to be able to serve God with my time. And whatever offerings we bring, Lord, it is with a generous heart and a cheerful spirit that we give it to you. Can I have a good amen? Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.